It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy, Connacht 37, Edinburgh 26 from Murrayfield, just as we predicted in the preview podcast. Alan Deegan, welcome along. Hi, Rob. I'm not sure what preview podcast you were listening to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we didn't quite predict that. Um, but that was a that was a hell of a performance. And um, yeah, I can't wait to watch that again. William, spectacular stuff at times. Yeah, absolutely. Um Great belief, great mindset, uh, dealt with everything that came at them and got inside Edinburgh's head, I think, by the way they, they played. Kept attacking, kept the ball in hand. Uh, it's funny, Richard Cockrell, in the preview, um, when he spoke to the Scottish media, indicated that uh, he was expecting Connacht to be quite a challenge. I think they were feeling that, well, first of all, Connick didn't actually have any players in the Ireland team, which might come as a bit of a surprise to a few of them, and uh, they were corrected on that point. Like Richard Cochran himself. Indeed. And um, I think it's interesting, uh, you know, that they say sport is played in the top three inches, and there's no doubt, I think, Edinburgh 0-5 and this season, uh, and, and that's the end of last season. Connick just got into their heads. They tackled hard, so Edinburgh had to work really hard to get any ball. They got frustrated with themselves, and then exquisite skills, little kicks through, little chips. They don't always work, but when they work, the results are there to see. Coming up in this week's podcast, you're going to hear post-game audio from Galen Blade, Andy Friend, and then myself and William had to record a piece afterwards for radio, and we're going to hear from that. That's our initial thoughts, and then we'll be back here for more of a chat. But Alan, off the top, people want to hear what you think overall. What's your what's your first thoughts, your first take on Connex win tonight? Well, I went back and looked at it, because we've struggled to play against Edinburgh for the last three or four games. We've lost sort of three in a row against them. I was trying to figure out what, what was it. You know, I know Richard Cockle's come in and made a big difference. It's been raining, and the weather's been awful in the last three games. The previous two games we played against them, we won. And the weather was perfect. As it was, it was a bit breezy tonight, but it was more or less perfect weather. It wasn't a wet ball, it was perfect. And was it was allowed. more than, like in the first half, was there one scrum max? And that's their, that's their weapon. Yeah, it's a huge part of their game when there wasn't any scrums. And that's, Williams uh, talked about it, and we, we mentioned it in the, the first game of the season. The skill levels have come on in leaps and bounds. And they're playing the game at a high pace, it's a high tempo. You're also looking at the, the Edinburgh back three None of them, the, the back three hadn't started a single game this year. Um, their outside centre hadn't, I don't think, it started a game. They, they had a 20 year old fullback who was really a winger, and they brought him in there for pace. And the Scottish media did ask Richard Cockle, would you not be better off putting Jacko van der Valt back there to, you know, um, for more control? And he said, no, this lad's pacey, he's going to be very good and he's going to be excellent. And I, I think they missed a bit of control at the back. Um, with, with you know somebody who's not used to playing there and, and so space opened up and Connacht were clever enough to see the space and use it Yeah you wonder about the fact that Connacht scored three tries from kick, kicking in behind might be part of their defensive tactics but it also might be part of how the sweeping defence worked from a point of view of Blaine not to put it all on him by any stretch of imagination Oh no, no, no certainly not but you're looking at you know Connacht The back three as a whole and um, yeah. playing as a unit it just didn't work No it didn't and and like one of the things we noticed during the game was that you know a couple of the, the, the kick-throughs came very close to the line mm. but they have such a big um, in goal area in, in Edinburgh you can do that you couldn't have done that in Cardiff no. you couldn't have done it in, in Newport either for that matter um, because the, the, the in goal area is so small it makes a difference 
Certainly can't do it in Bristol, which has the smallest in-goal area. I mean, I've it's like, remember when Wasp, many years ago, played in Loftus Road for a while? That was the smallest I've ever seen. I think Bristol are, are rivals for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of these really weird anomalies in rugby that you... <laughs> that no, it's five metres. It, it mightn't look it, but it has to be five metres. But it can be as much as, I think, 20. Well, it can be 25 metres. 25. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're introducing rugby to some new person, they'd be like, wait, hang the pitch, the in-goal area where you can score can vary by 20 metres? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, just the way it is. Just the way it is, yeah. <laughs> it's the new normal, just deal with it. <laughs> That's rugby. That's the way it is. Okay, so from there, Alan, find yeah, the top. Yeah, the other thing is a couple of players ended up playing out of position. One from the start who was Owen Masterson, who had a, a monstrous game in the second row. I thought he was he was excellent. Did an enormous amount of work, hidden work in behind. And then Tom Daly had to go into play out half after Kieran Fitzgerald took a knock about 15, 20 minutes in and had an excellent game. And that, that last clearing kick was just incredible. He must have kicked it from inside his own 22 and it bounced inside their 22. And the, again, their back three weren't aware he could kick the ball that far because they were too far up the field and that's why they missed the, they missed the kick. But you're looking at those two guys. There was plenty of other guys who played well, but for guys to play out of position and play that well was really impressive. OK, let's hear the post-game uh, thoughts of Andy Friend, Caelan Blade. Andy, uh, just to start with, I mean, give us a bit of a reaction from the dressing room after that win, people at home and people all around the world are just thrilled with what they saw there from Connacht. I'm sure you guys are up the world too. Yeah, we're pretty happy, mate. A lot happier change room than it was after Cardiff. I just, um, you know, we just said there that it's probably the best we've we've managed a game. Um, you know, you'd you know better than most, Rob. We, we've been guilty of playing too much in the wrong areas in times and burning too much fuel in the wrong area of the field. And I thought the way Kalen Blade and and Connor Fitz and Tom Daly put the ball in behind Edinburgh tonight, just allowed us to to save our fuel and our energy for when we needed it. And, uh, you know, I just thought their execution was 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 much, much better and pleasing to get the win, mate. Uh, you know, we love some stats uh, when we're covering these games, but 100% conversion rate, we reckon, in terms of uh, ball into 22, it was a problem in previous seasons in terms of kind of converting chances away from home. That's some turnaround. You'd love to see that in every game. Yeah, you would. Hopefully, well, I don't know whether we can keep that up, but it, it was it was nice to see. But, uh, yeah, I just thought the variety in which we scored the tries too. You know, there was, there was kicks through, there was malls, there was... Um, open field run-throughs and uh, there's just a good variety around it but I love the fact that the players when they got into that zone um, they backed themselves and, and they executed and, and you know, that's a good sign for us. I'm curious Andy, uh, I know you don't want to let us into too much of your pre-game planning but it did feel like you had identified maybe space in behind them in the pre-game and obviously the in-goal area is pretty big in Edinburgh too you exploited that, would that be fair to say? Yeah, we knew um, yeah, <laughs> Well, we didn't know, but we had a, a, a gut feel that it was going to be space in the backfield. We had a gut feel that if we turned them, we'd, um, we'd, we'd, and we found grass, we'd be able to conserve some energy. Um, we're also very conscious of the way we've played here previously. In the last couple of years when we've played here, I don't think we've played smartly. And uh, uh, I think probably Edinburgh expecting something pretty similar to what we've dished up in the past. So to be able to turn that around was pleasing. Final question uh, for me, but on top of just such a good night and five points, you know, getting a debut for the likes of Colin Riley, obviously from Ballinasloe and Keen Prendergast, who's come through the academy. Uh, you trusted them in those closing stages when Edinburgh still had a chance to win the game. Talk to us about that. Yeah, it was, you know, we said at half time, listen, it's, it's, you know, this is going to be a game where 
um, the whole 23 are going to have to play their part. And, uh, you know, at, at that particular moment, as you say, it was still pretty much in the balance. Um, you know, you could look at it and say, well, we're 11 points up, but, you know, still a fair bit of footy to play. We've, we've been guilty of turning some of those things. I remember a game very vividly at, at the RDS where we had 17 points up with uh, 11 minutes to go and we managed to lose that one. So, but, you know, we are building a, a squad. Um, you need to give these young men experience and, and that's what we did there tonight and they didn't let us down. Wow, what a performance from the team, first and foremost. We'll get to your own individual display, but uh, you had a job to do today and you executed it pretty close to perfectly. Yeah, I think exactly what you said there. We, we came with a plan and it needed a lot of execution and I don't think it was perfect, but I think... For 60, 70 minutes of that game, I think we executed all that we wanted. So I think that showed. Yeah, I suppose when you say that, there was that tricky spell either side of half time where you went from being in total control to being really up against it. So what was said there underneath the post at 23-19? How did you regain control so well? Was it as simple as John Porch's super take in the air that led to the change of momentum? Or was there kind of a, a real focus to make sure you scored next? Um yeah, look, it was exactly that. Um, I think when we came out in the, in the start of the uh, second half, we probably uh, tried to defend our lead a little bit. Um, look, against an Edinburgh side like that, you can't. So what we said there was four points up, let's go and score again and make a game of it. Um, and I think that's exactly what we did. So I think it's a, ma- it's a massive thing for us. Look, we can't just sit back and, and, and try to defend the lead in a, in a full half of rugby. You need to go and push on and, and get a bonus point. And that's exactly what we did. How do you feel about your own game, where it is right now, what tonight says about what you're able to do? Um, I don't really know. Um, look, I'm, I'm training hard. I'm, I'm working hard every day. So, look, there's still areas in my game that I need to improve. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy with my own performance tonight, especially how I kind of control the game. But um, it's probably one of my biggest work on. So, look, I'll look back in this game and I'll take the positives, but I'll also take the negatives and, and work harder for next week. Great to see Colin Riley as well there. You obviously work with the younger players in the group. Uh, you must look on and say it's brilliant to see a 21-year-old coming onto the pitch from Ballinasloe as well and, and showing so well in those closing stages. Yeah, it's huge. Look, homegrown players is massive. And look, I, I've known Colin since he's come up with us now uh, training and he's such a good lad and he's such a hard work, work ethic. And I think, look, he, he's been a little bit uh, bothered with injury last year, but I've been extremely impressed with him in training. Um, and look, the, the better he is, the more he'll push me on as well. So, it's good. Well done tonight. I know from Connick fans on social media, we can see already they're so, so pleased. I, I presume they're in your minds at all times when you, when you know they can't come and travel to Edinburgh as a lot of them would, would have done. And obviously, they can't get to the sports ground either, but they're enjoying it from home anyways. Yeah, look, um, look I think it's a, it's a difficult time back in, back in Ireland, back in Connacht. Um, look, we're not taking for granted that we can come over to Edinburgh and play a game, but I hope that tonight kind of gave people a little bit of, bit of a lift on a, on a bank holiday Sunday night. And immediately after we finished on air from our position here in TT Car Studios, myself and William recorded this for the Galway Bay FM coverage. Post-game wrap from Connacht's 37 points to 26 victory over Edinburgh at Murrayfield. It's not record-breaking, but it's up there. I think it's in the top five all-time away performances in terms of scores anyways from a Connacht team, William Davis. But it's so much more than that. It's seven internationals away. Of course, Edinburgh were missing their internationals, but we know time and time again that doesn't seem to matter in terms of Connacht's away displays. Tonight, it was about a group 
who were determined to be as competitive as possible, who were determined to put everything out onto the pitch, uh, executing superbly well. I may have mentioned to Caelan Blade, perfection. It wasn't perfection, obviously. There were little errors here and there. But from an attacking point of view and a conversion rate in the uh, opposition 22, it was pretty much perfection. Yeah, it was a great performance and uh, thoroughly deserved win. They played exceptionally well, especially in attack. There'll be little errors areas that they'll be looking at um, a lot of missed tackles in the first half and some of the penalties they gave away but they never lost belief and they just put a lot of pressure onto Edinburgh and once and they kept the pressure on that's what they couldn't do against Cardiff they kept letting Cardiff get away with stuff because they didn't get the, the job done two weeks ago um, I think they got Edinburgh at a time when their confidence is a bit low and the best way to keep it side down is keep scoring tries get in the lead and stay there. And it's a place that Connacht have struggled in the past. They've had, a, they've had a couple of wins there over the years. But there was something about tonight. There was a real belief. Some of the skill sets are very high. Uh, some of the tries were absolutely fabulous. I think they did absolutely see that Edinburgh have a problem defending in behind because they just kept exploiting it. And I'm sure that was in their heads when they went out there. But it's one thing to know it, it's another thing to do it. And they did it. And that's the key to the result. Uh, bonus point win. Game coming up now next Sunday against Benetton at home. Must win game. Should be a winning game. Then you go to th- you've go to you uh, got three wins, one loss. That's how you start your season. That's how you get up and rolling because the rugby just keeps coming thick and fast. Slight concern, maybe a couple of the little injuries. But overall, brilliant. Yeah, there was a couple of highlights for me. You said some brilliant tries. The try of the game, I think, for me, and maybe you'll correct me on this, was just a sweeping move from right to left, from inside their own half. It was Tom Daly catching a pass so close to the ground on his fingertips and then getting it on to Tom Farrell, a whipped pass out to the wing to Connick's new electric weapon at fullback, John Porch. An unbelievable break along the touchline. And then it's just the way he drew the defender time to pass back inside to Alex Wooten. Wooten got the first of what would be two tries for Connick's uh, loanee from Munster who will be doing everything we can to make sure he's a permanent signing if he keeps this up. Yeah, it was. And the thing about that was that came from an overthrow by Edinburgh. And sometimes when you get possession from uh, an opposition mistake, it'd be very easy for Tom Daly to just put his boot through that ball and say, right, they've lost an attacking position. They're in our half. Let's just turn them back. But they saw something and they went for it. And pace, doesn't matter what sport, ball sport you play, hurling or Gaelic football, rugby, soccer, if you've got that little bit of extra pace, turn those afterburners on. And that try was going to be scored. Once he, had, once he got away, unless Wooden dropped it, he was going to score. It was absolutely perfection. And it's to see it and have the confidence to do it. And that's... That's the way you win. Obviously, it's the way you win games, but it gets into your head. You'll do it right the next time and the next time. And even if you do it and it doesn't work out the next time, you know that it has worked out for you in the past. And that's that's what I think Andy Friend has been trying to instill into them, to play heads-up rugby. Mm. And maybe now into his third season, we're beginning to see that. And it's some of the newer players that are coming in who are bringing that confidence with them. I'll say this, I think it gets lost in all sport and it goes across, I watch, I, I believe this in Gaelic football as well, but right across the board is building up a lead is never bad and starting with a 10 point deficit like they did in Cardiff last week, 
was critical. And you may say, oh, they got back within three, but then to work hard to get back within three. And I think it's really relevant because we probably looked upon it with slightly ne- true negative a mindset of having seen Connacht not win away from home very often. When Edinburgh got back to within four points, you're thinking, oh, this, it's, it, you know, you nearly put a time stamp on that and say it's, the game starts now and Connacht only lead by four. But you forget Edinburgh had to work uh, a lot to get back into the game. They had to climb a mountain to get back within four. And I think it's all the hard work Connacht did in the first half that gave them the platform to kick on in that 10-minute spell after it went to four points and build up what was, I think, to build the lead up to 18 points after that. Yeah, I think if you, if you look at the, the game that sticks in my mind that they lost when they had a big lead was was uh, away to Leinster mm. a couple of seasons ago. But Leinster are a better side than Edinburgh. Yeah. And, and it's... It, it, you're right about that, but I think it, it's it's also really fascinating. A side like Edinburgh, who've lost five games in a row, have now lost four games in a row at Murrayfield, which is something that you would think almost impossible because that that's their that's their stronghold. Do we need to check this then a little bit and acknowledge that the oppo- opposition are in a bad place and not get too carried away just yet? Yeah, and I don't think Connacht will get too carried away. They'll enjoy. I mean, they've, they'll be getting on their bus, and it's, <laughs> there's no parties these days. They'll be on the bus, they'll be on the plane, they'll get back to Galway at the middle of the night sometime, and they'll go back into their bubbles and they'll come in and do their stuff. But the management will be look at the whole game. You look at the whole game in in the round, the three sixty degrees of it. But you've got to like the fact that they back themselves, and they didn't go into their shell when they when the four point lead came. It's very tempting then to start changing the way you play and say, okay, they've got back to four points. Let's tighten it up. Let's just kick for position. Let's play. try to play the game in their half, but let them have the ball. The best way to do that is go and score tries. And that's, that's, that's the mindset of that. And they looked a lot sharper than they did against Cardiff. Against Cardiff, it was a plodding kind of a display. You also had some players who've come in tonight who didn't have their chance in the first two games and they wanted to show what they can do. Abraham Papalili uh, had a very good game, uh, got a bit tired, but this promise there. Uh, Owen Masterson, regular player, but playing in the second row. And then in the backs, I thought Tom Daly had a, had a great game at out half. Caelan Blade, doing what scrum halves do, scored a cheeky try, pushed them around. And he said afterwards to me, game management is something he wanted to work on he was very happy with what he what he achieved there in that regard I think that's that's their job I think scrum halves out halves have to manage the game it's between them they're the guys that have to make the decisions and he's still learning but he's getting better that's a key thing about Caelan Blade you can see the fact there is progression and sometimes you're told that by the management they'll say oh yeah he's but when you see it you could see it tonight he grew into that game uh that'll be fantastic for them it's also a route through for some of the younger players you know Cian Prendergast Colin Riley to be involved in your first Connacht game to go to Edinburgh to score five tries and win that bus journey home for those two lads and I know a lot of people listening will know him through uh, his uh, roots in Balnasloe and all the work he's done through Balnasloe Rugby Club Garbally College and, and through Buccaneers so it's great to have another player and probably something poignant about the fact that you're talking about Caelan Blade a Monavay man and you're talking about uh, the debutant being not too far away in Balnasloe as well all good all good for the local development all good tonight there are the highlights William to finish very quickly can you put all of this in context for people what does all this mean it's been a bit of a patchy season but this is just Round three of the new season. Connector two from one, or connector two from three, I should say. What's next? Benetton are next, uh, next Sunday. 
a tough game, a hard game. They they don't bring much other than physicality. Um, they're a better side at home, I have to say. But they will come expecting to perform well. But Connacht will go into that. They should be buzzing. And any any of the players that are picked, they should be going out to, to play the same way. Get your fundamentals right. Get, get, get into the game and then start trying to create your chances. But it's a great opportunity for them. They've got other games in. They've got the Dragons, they've the Ospreys, they've got Scarlets. They're going to be short of players. We're going to be short of players. But keep your momentum. You can do a lot of damage. Rapid fire, quick idea coming up here before we wrap up this week's podcast. I want to go through the entire 23 today after a win like that and just kind of say one thing about every one of them. So let's try with the lads. I'm going to start with fullback, as you normally do when you're reading out the team. At 15 tonight was John Porch. And first up to talk about John Porch, Alan Deegan, go for it. Afterburners. My, and that, can, that guy can run. He's just got speed that comes out of nowhere and, and he's so confident and has loads and loads of skill. Brave too. Very good. Starting at 14 was try scorer Sammy Arnold. Yeah, interesting. Moved out of position. We weren't sure what we were going to get. Fitted in very well. And went off with a HIA, unfortunately. At 13 tonight, Tom Farrell. Well, that's, how did Alan end up with his favourite player? Yeah, and he again proved tonight why he's one of my favourite players. That he was he was devastating in attack when he got the ball, that little chip through that bounced in off the... Uh, Edinburgh player which got him into the 22 early in the game but his defending I thought was the best I've ever seen him defend Tom Daly for 27 minutes was in the position that his jersey said number 12 and then moved to out half William Davis best game he's had for Connacht I think uh, the management like him basically because he seems to be able to get onto the front foot but I thought he had a superb game his goal kicking looked good and he looked in control wearing number 11 tonight it was a man who's uh, made plenty of headlines for Connick so far this season and had two more tries for good measure. Alex Wooden. Yeah, I think he's the 135th try scorer that Connacht have had in the Pro 14. Mm, that's nearly enough in itself, but his support lines were superb uh, there. He, he's, he's a fantastic player and, and he plays with such verve and fire and determination that, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't see a Connacht team without him anymore. William Connor Fitzgerald only got those 27 minutes on the pitch. Thoughts? I thought he's going to suffer a little bit in terms of what uh, Tom Daly did, um, but that's a bit unfair when you go off with uh, an unspecified injury. He looked more in control than he did against Cardiff. I'm convinced he's a better player starting than coming off the bench. Kalen Blade, man of the match, Alan. What more can you add, really? Yeah, best game I've seen him play in, in, in quite a long time. Um, Kieran have been playing really well, and Blades has just shown that... Um, yeah, there's a spot on the Irish squad for him too. Quirky change to the format here. I'm going to add in the subs in the back line before we get to the forwards. So, uh, Colm Riley came on at scrum half for his debut. William Davis. Brilliant game to come on and make your debut, winning in Edinburgh. Uh, that normally doesn't happen for you. Uh, did exactly what was asked of him when he came on and uh, great to see another local player. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Just, just There was one little bit in the game where, where he'd, he'd forced a knock on um, and the, the next rugby... Connacht got themselves sorted a cracking tackle he made on a prop to force the knock on but the next little rock he, he turns around to get the ball he looks up he sees Paddy McAllister there Paddy McAllister shakes his head no I don't want it Scrum Half looks around and says there's no one else <laughs> and throws it at him and Paddy McAllister goes down injured straight afterwards to get a rest from it but I thought that was funny He didn't do too badly either with what he had to do uh, Paddy McAllister 21 years of age Colin Riley product of Garbney and Balance so uh, great story Peter Robb well, Not early. Yeah, he can hit in the tackle. Mm. Like yeah, that poor fullback got smashed by him at one stage, and I don't think the lad 
sort of woke up for a couple of minutes afterwards. Now, quite legal, nothing wrong with it, absolutely. He just buried him, knocked him back four or five metres. Superb. Tiernan O'Halloran, William. I think he will enjoy the fact that he was part of a winning team, but I don't think he had a good night. Moving to the pack. Let's start with Dennis Buckley, Alan. Dennis, is, he just keeps going. He's, I think he's playing as, as well as he's played in a long time. I just can't wait for him to score his first try in 83 matches. Nice dash. That's actually nearly uh, distracting me a little bit too much. Shane Delahunt, that was a roller coaster from Shane. Yeah, that was the, uh, to quote our good friend David, Curateg of a performance. Did some stuff very well was involved in a lot of the hard work, particularly in the first half. Then the line-out went to pieces for a bit. I don't know what happened there. It's always blamed on the thrower. It's, sometimes it isn't. You have to do the dig-down on that. But then he got going again, and he scored a fine try. Yeah, and Conor Oliver coming on as another line-out option made a difference to the line-out. Because I think the line-out had got to the point where Edinburgh had figured out the ball was going to Gavin Thornbury, <laughs> no matter where he stood in the line out, and they'd figured that out. But but um, with Conor Oliver coming on, it made a difference. Interesting line out options were key there. Jack Anger, I thought he was he was excellent around the field. Great man of clearing out. He was really clearing out a lot of stuff. He, he, the amount of times I saw him coming out the other side of a rock after a clean out, I thought, yeah, that's good work. Learned to, learned a couple of lessons, I think, off Mr. Schoeman in the in the scrum, though. Uh, into the second row. I love the moment in the commentary where you just mentioned to me that Gavin Thornbury is going to have to go the full 80 now and is asking a lot because he's, he's put in a lot of work. And then we got this perfectly timed camera shot of Gavin Thornbury looking like I look when I have to run 100 metres. Shouldn't we do, do Owen Masterson first? Ah, come on, guys. It doesn't really matter. We're carrying on with this. and We're leaving it in. All right, I don't have any sheet in front of me. I just went with the first, second row came in my head. Just Gavin Torbury. <laughs> Great performance. <laughs> uh, he did look absolutely shattered at the end. Um, I suppose he was calling the lineouts, but around the park, and sometimes I wonder when he's around the park how well he's doing tonight. He did really, really well. He was smashing into things, made a couple of really good tackles. And yeah, good game. Old Masterson, you get old Masterson now. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was tremendous, as I mentioned earlier on. Um, like he, he just did so much hard work. He didn't miss any tackles. Superb performance. Oh boy! Interesting. He's played in different places. I mean, he's, he's obviously played some games at eight. I thought he was effective. Maybe not his best game, but um, yeah, he was okay. He wasn't, he wasn't, you couldn't see much of what Jared was doing, but he was doing a lot of work. Connick struggled very early on with some of their bigger runners, but uh, the back row went a little bit lower in the tackles and made a difference. The viewers are perking up now because they're like, hmm, what does William think of Abraham Papali? Uh, well, he got very tired, and that doesn't surprise me because he's, he's still, I think, building up to full fitness. Um, yeah, there's this, we're st- we saw the potential against Munster. We saw more of it tonight. Stole one ball at one stage where he just puts his hand in and just takes it out, lifting yeah. the player off the ground. Decent enough around the park. Connacht got him for potential, and there's no reason to feel that there isn't a lot of potential there. Alan Hinton, Dad, on Papi Lee. He did what we needed him to do, which was frighten the opposition, and they were honeypotting in a little bit to him, which allowed for some of the space in behind as well. And that's what we were looking for from him. We only have time to, like, one sentence on each of the subs uh, very quickly. But people will be curious to see what you thought about Johnny Murphy. He brings brilliant enthusiasm. like it. Nice and fast. That's good. And on to, I have to remember who was, who was replacing each person. I'm just going to go with Dominic Robinson-McCoy, even though it's out of order. <laughs> don't judge me. I just don't have a team in front of me. I was just about to talk about Paddy McAllister. Go for it. Go for Paddy McAllister's. Uh, apologies uh, to Paddy McAllister fans. Go for uh, it. 
look, he he just brought a wealth of experience, including getting a shoulder injury at a key moment when everything just needed to be slowed down. Uh, and he also hit a couple of rooks very hard. And he tightened up the scrum a bit. He, him coming on just when the scrum might have been put under pressure. No doubt about it, Edinburgh didn't get enough scrums in this game. And I've gone way more than one sentence. You have, but Paddy McAllister deserved that. And congratulations on the new arrival for Paddy McAllister. Dominic Robertson-McCoy. Also had a big impact in the scrums and, and solidified the scrums and had a couple of very good carries. Connor Oliver. Yeah, uh, I thought he made a big difference when he came on. And I think he, that was the sort of game for him. When the game started to b- break up, he was the key man. Finishing on the second debutant of today, Keen Prendergast. Yeah, I think he would have enjoyed that debut. I think he, he had a couple of rooks, made a couple of good tackles and um, made his presence known. Do you know what, folks? We've uh, gone over time because it's a long podcast. So let's wrap this up on the final to say each and every week, if you get on the Patreon page of our uh, Craggy Rugby site, you're going to see an incredible wealth of audio that gets on there. Each week we have our press conference audio. We throw in a few little bits and bods, uh, pods to uh, make it a podcast as well. If that was a sentence, uh, so be it. If not, just bear with me. Uh, we had an incredible podcast uh, led and chaired by Alan this week that I really recommend you take some time on your next commute to work. You can listen to it anytime. It's the guys going through their all-time greatest Connacht uh, XV, if you like, from the professional era. Loved it. Lindley, yourself. It's great to have Packy back on and Dave Finn as well and Danny. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, and it was really enjoyable to do, and it was it was just great fun. And certainly going back over the names and looking at the names, and if if people want, you know, the the, the names are out there. We've got a list of every single Connacht player that's ever played for Connacht, and a couple of good discussions about the likes of is Jack Carty ever going to be as good as Eric Elwood and. You know, interesting things like that. Yeah, I had some opinions as I listened, but I wasn't allowed to uh, share them this time. And it's probably no harm. William, you, you catch these interviews every week, which is great. We get this access before uh, the game, 24 hours before and when the team's released. I just want people to realise that's on our Patreon page as well. Great podcast this week with Pete Wilkins and yourself having a really good chat. Do you know what, folks? Even now, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it because it'll give you a lot of information into the mindset of the team going into this game. I think that's worth listening to again. Yeah, I think I think it's always worth listening when they have the team. Oh. It's a slightly different setup to the press conference, which is covering what's happened and what's about to happen. But by the end of the week, they've they've given up about what happened. They now want to focus on the game, and you you just ask simple questions about why has so and so been picked? What do you think you're going to try to do? And I suppose tonight they're going to feel well. They, every decision they made worked. Yeah, and there was one lying island maybe to finish from that pre-game press conference that stood out to you and it came true tonight. Yeah, they wanted to get their most competitive players on the field no matter where they played them. And that's I think, where we saw Sammy Arnold getting pushed out from the centre onto the wing and he scored a try. Thanks for listening, folks. We've had a great night. Wherever you are in the world, we're glad that you're enjoying your rugby. Talk to you soon. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait until